You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's, what let's do y'all think of, no, Hold on. Hold on, hold on. What do y'all think of the name Chase? Because I think this is interesting now. Chase is oh. on the case. That's Paw Patrol. Chase. That's Paw Patrol? Okay, because that's our <laughs> I guess you don't, that's my you probably don't have kids. Homes. That's why. No, not yet. Okay, uh. well, look, you know what? We got the tap in. We got to bring him in. Unqua Sonia, a sportscaster for Channel 3 WFSB in Hartford and also a contributor to MLBbro.com. We're going to ask him about that as well. So, Unqua... You have your mother has a dog named Chase. Please clarify this for me because this is fascinating. Right. So I claim him when I get a chance to go home because I'm sort of a dog person. My wife is not. So I sort of have to live vicariously through other people. So when we come home, every time the dog runs up, pets me, all that sort of stuff. But I would try to give him a command. He sort of just sits there and stares at me or just wants to play around all the time. The minute mom gets up, he's out of attention. Like he can't control <laughs> himself when it comes to her. So as much as I'd love to claim him, that's her dog. Chase. All right. So the dog that I'm sure that you want to be claiming right now is the Huskies. The Yukon Huskies have looked absolutely dominant in every single game of the NCAA tournament so far. Uh, right now, they're the favorites to win it all. Uh, so... What do you think the Achilles heel is? Like, is there any weakness that you've seen in UConn thus far that could be a problem? There are two of them for me. I think the first is if a team extends pressure against them, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it mixes them up a bit. Um, You look back at their games against Marquette, even the one that they won in Hartford. Once Marquette started to extend the pressure past the half court, they had a little trouble getting the offense started. What they ended up figuring out is making sure that the right person has the the ball in their hands the entire time. So Tristan Newton's gotten better at stabilizing that backcourt. Same with Andre Jackson, who can really be a force at both ends of the floor. I think the second Achilles heel for this team, and you mentioned it before, they haven't played a lot of close games. The last close game they played was in the conference tournament against Marquette, and that was back early, early March. And then through the tail end of that regular season where they were just going after teams, from my memory, their last close game was their road win at Georgetown. And at the time, we most of us in the market thought the sky was kind of falling because Georgetown didn't have a good season. So having a close game against them, not a great indicator. Unqua, when you look at this UConn program, and it really is remarkable when you talk about the potential of winning a third championship in 12 years with three different head coaches, how much of this is the coach and how much of this is the program? Honestly, I think this is mostly coach. 
And yeah, when you think about the the legacy of UConn, I know it's easy to neglect Kevin Ali in the middle. It's hard to inherit a team no matter how long you've been coaching on it and yeah. still take it to a national title. But the thing about Dan Hurley when he got here, I mean, UConn was kind of, I would call them a nomad because they left the Big East, the basketball-centered conference. They made a move to sort of bolster the football program. And at the time, you know, they went from having built-in rivalries with, with Providence and St. John's to now you're playing Memphis, you're playing SMU. And those at the programs at the time were actually pretty strong. So the whole adjustment period made it harder for Dan Hurley when he first got here to get things done. But these, the players he's got really buy into it. Even last year's team, it was really stout in a lot of different ways, even though offensively it was a bit limited. But now the fact that defense is sort of not necessarily an afterthought, but the fact that we can say if they defend well enough, they can score enough to win, that's something new in this era that we've seen. Adama Sinogo has been flat-out dominant for the Huskies in most of these games. Do you think he's the most important player for UConn if they're going to win a national championship? 100%, because everyone's attention has been on Jordan Hawkins. I mean, he was the most outstanding player in the regional, and when he gets hot, he's untouchable. The catch is, because Adama Sinogo is so powerful in the middle, all of the defensive efforts are going to stop him. I mean, that Gonzaga game, they started doubling him right away. And earlier in the year, he had trouble facilitating the ball once that happened to him. This time around, a couple drop-offs to Andre Jackson, a kickoff to the high post that swings it around to an open Calcaterra or Hawkins for three. I still think he's their most important player, and he's so important that he can go 12-6, and six, which is a bad game for him. And the Huskies can still win emphatically. Unqua, when you talk about pressure, and we've touched on this a little bit, the pressure that comes with being the favorite. Because when you look at seeding and you say, oh, UConn's a four seed, but this was the number one team in the country at one point. They clearly have the talent to play with anyone, which is why they're at this point. Knowing this team, covering this team, how do you think they handle the pressure now of being, I don't want to say the overwhelming favorite, but certainly of the four teams, this is the team you look at that say, this is the team that should win it. I think they handled it a lot better this time because when they were undefeated in the number two team in the nation, you could tell a little bit that they were smelling themselves. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that they carried themselves different around the media, but you could see it in their gameplay. And it's funny, these games against Georgetown tend to tell the story because It was a home game against Georgetown where Dan Hurley said, we just found out we had to do some soul searching because they were down late in the second half before the bench came through and really pushed them over the top. So that was a time where after thumping Alabama, the eventual number one overall seed, Mm -hmm. after thumping Iowa State, after taking down Oklahoma State at home, you figure, oh, Georgetown, we can coast in and beat them. That wasn't the case, and that was the first real shock to the system that that team had. After they slumped all of January and they finally worked their way back, I have a feeling and the emotion that I've got for them is that they won't be denied this time around. All right, so coming from local news, I believe, I think local news does a great job of finding the stories and not just you know reporting the numbers, whatever, What's a storyline that's a good one for UConn either this season or going into the national championship that maybe we haven't heard? 
That's a good question. And because I don't feel like being fair, I'm going to give two of them. Um, the first is that Andre Jackson is probably their, I wouldn't call him their most important player, but he's definitely the X factor. I mean, people look at his skill set, his athleticism is otherworldly, but he's averaging like six points and six rebounds a game. You would think, oh, he can have a decent game and it doesn't really matter. He brings a lot of energy to everything that he does. He is an impactful rebounder. He runs the floor like crazy. He's 6'6 and really, really strong too. I mean, I saw him go coast to coast once and he threw down a two-hander so hard. I was shooting the game on my camera. I had to get the microphone checked the next day because that's how loud he <laughs> brought that place. So if he can do well and not do too much, because it's not about limiting what he can do on the floor. It's more about figuring out whether all that energy can properly be streamlined into getting him the best shot on the floor and everybody else's. He also averages over four assists a game. So him being a force, no matter where he is, is a key storyline. I think another one is the bench. And the bench has a lot of veteran transfers with Joey Calcaterra from San Diego, Hassan Diara, who was at Texas A&M. Naheem Aline was on that Virginia Tech team last year that won the ACC. I mean, that veteran backcourt has really sort of bolstered what UConn has sometimes not had in its starters at times. And then, of course, their big fella, the 7'2 freshman, he's a local legend in Connecticut, two-time Connecticut State Player of the Year in Donovan Klingon. He started off weak a bit, but he's really gotten stronger. So the vets, along with that one impact freshman off the bench, that is another key storyline for UConn. Unqua, I know you're a contributor for MLBBro.com, and I was hoping you could tell me more about this website because this looks really interesting. Yeah, so it's in its second full year. I want to thank uh, Rob Parker and J.R. Gamble for an opportunity to contribute this year. And what it does, it really focuses on covering black baseball players. I mean, you look at how baseball has evolved over the years, even before I got here. Um, for black and African-American players, you know, participation has really plummeted. You know, there are a lot of different factors at play. But this is an opportunity to highlight some of the ones that are really, really famous and also some of the ones that you may not know about right away. So to be able to focus in, find key stories, and even throw little factoids out there that you may not be paying attention to, just to increase not just the awareness that these players are there, but that they bring a lot to the game, and it's a lot of fun to watch them too. He is a sportscaster for Channel 3 WFSB in Hartford, contributor to MLBBro.com and on Twitter. I'll make sure I spell this out at I underscore am NKWA. It is Unqua Asonye. Unqua, great talking to you. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, folks. Appreciate it. And happy Friday. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.